To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. Yes, I know it's Saturday, but we're here to offer you, our listeners, a special audio-only version of a new weekly video series called Crypto IRL. That's IRL like in real life. And it's hosted by friends of the show Katie Greifeld and Tim Stenovic. This is episode four of Crypto IRL. If you want the full video experience, head over to Bloomberg.com QT or check it out on YouTube. I know you said you didn't want to talk about energy even for one episode, but I have bad news. What's that? We're doing two episodes when it comes to energy and crypto. just can't stop talking about it. You can't. Should I do my merge joke about merging the two episodes is together? It, is that the joke? That was the whole That's joke. That's the whole joke? Yeah. All right. That was terrible. But do you think we should do a catch up for people who theoretically didn't watch the first episode? Yeah. How about this? Okay. But seriously, I think it's important to go to Texas, figuratively speaking, get the other side of the argument, talk to a traditional proof of work Bitcoin miner, uh, in air quotes, dirty miner, and see what they're all about. We're talking Texas. We're talking energy usage. Mm -hmm. It's almost like if the classic TV show Dallas were around in this day and age, Okay, it would be about Bitcoin mining. That's cute. Kind of makes me think that we should have some sort of different intro for the show. Just tell us what you do at Earth Justice. Sure. We are a national organization, um, and we work with clients and partners across the country to advocate um, for measures to fight the climate crisis, for more sustainable food and farming practices, um, to keep toxics out of our homes and in our water bodies, um, and to protect public health. So we started to get concerned about cryptocurrency mining in New York because New York actually has a landmark climate law on the books called the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. It's one of the country's strongest climate laws. So we have been watchdogging to make sure the state can meet those mandates. And when we learned about the energy consumption of cryptocurrency mining, we were concerned about what that would mean for mm. New York's ability to meet our mandates. So a lot of stuff that we do on our phones and online uses a lot of energy. 
Yes. And I guess my biggest question for you is, are selfies more important than Bitcoin? I hate this photo. Can I just because say, I hate this photo, but go on. We had to take this. I. This is very cute. It looks no, like you guys blew up a, pol a Polaroid. I wanted it bigger, actually. You wanted like a it big was, It was $90 version. to make it bigger, though. And we were told that that was too much. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you raise an you know, important question, right? Like, there are so many things that we use these days that use a lot of energy. But there's a couple points to respond to that. One is with cryptocurrency, we don't have to. There are other ways to validate cryptocurrencies that don't consume as much energy. Um, Proof of state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's You're speaking our language. Okay, good. So Go on. I'm amongst my people because it's quite nerdy. Most people don't. They're oh, like mining. What's mining? And they think of no, gold. Or... She's a nerd. So you're good. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry. I see yeah. you. Uh, yeah. So proof of work versus proof of stake. But it's not even just about proof of stake. There's also proof of burn, mm. proof of authentication. I've, been, do you know, I've never Actually, heard of proof of burn. Yeah, you've lost us. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> you had us proof. and then when you said proof yeah. of burn, we're, we're just checked out. Good thing the show is recorded. It means we can just stop and add things like this and just drop them right into the conversation. So proof of burn. Proof of burn is another way through which participants in a blockchain network reach the consensus that's needed to approve transactions. It uses less energy than proof of work because it doesn't involve miners solving cryptographic puzzles. Instead, network participants gain the power to verify transactions by sending a portion of their tokens to a wallet where the coins will be burned. This essentially means that those tokens will be permanently removed from the circulating supply. Miners will then get rewarded for their work by receiving native tokens of that blockchain. Huh, glad we cleared that up. Yeah, so there's actually validation methods beyond proof of work and proof of stake. I think those are the validation methods that are talked about the most, but there's others. And we don't particularly care about proof of stake per se. What we do care about is the energy consumption. Mm. And with proof of work, that validation method does come with huge energy consumption. So energy use for Bitcoin is often compared to traditional banking, right? Mm -hmm. Traditional banking does use a lot of energy. But when you talk about the number of consumers, it's very different. And also at this point, energy consumption of crypto is already half of what traditional banking is. So it's almost, it's getting closer okay. to that much so energy consumption. what you're saying is that the energy consumption taken up by the traditional financial institutions around the world is a lot of energy. It is. And a lot of, you know, crypto advocates would point to that as being a reason why it's, you know, okay to, to do crypto because existing financial systems use a lot of energy. But you're saying that serves a lot more people. Yeah, So it it's, does. in a sense, it's justified more. We have to cut energy consumption everywhere, right? So this is certainly not to say that the energy consumption of traditional banking is a good thing. There's definitely a ratio difference here, but ultimately we need to be looking to make everything more energy efficient. And with cryptocurrency, we know that there are methodologies that are extremely less energy consumption mm -hmm. than proof of work. So proof of stake is what most people are familiar with. There was a big merge with Ethereum where they're switched, they've switched now from proof of work to proof of stake. Mm -hmm. um, that means their energy consumption has gone down over 99%. I mean, this is a huge way to cut down emissions and be more climate forward. So how, how would you design a law to rein that in? I mean, would you ban 
crypto mining? Would you ban currencies that use proof of work? So some of the ways that are currently being explored are, um, so I'll give an example. Um, the federal government came out with a report a couple weeks ago looking at the energy and environmental impacts of proof of work. And what they've recommended is different agencies to come up with various standards that would ratchet down energy consumption over time. So that could be one way to do it. Um, but that being said, the report also notes that if those things don't work, the federal government should look into limiting what types of validation methods get used for cryptocurrencies. Um, so that might not necessarily be the first step that's taken in terms of eliminating proof of work, but it's clear that given the environmental and energy impacts, even our federal government is thinking that might be a route we have to take. Well, Tim and I have asked the question to a few people at this point, why can't the Bitcoin blockchain also transition to proof of stake? And the answer we get is that you sacrifice security, you sacrifice other things, and basically the entire ecosystem has to agree and they probably won't agree. And when you think about that, I mean, how do you respond to that? How do you go about campaigning that actually this is the way forward? Yeah, I won't disagree with like, it would be complicated mm -hmm. for the Bitcoin network to make a switch from proof of work to proof of stake. Um, a lot of the arguments uh, against proof of work through proof of stake regarding like security and things like that, I'm not an expert in these areas, but I found a lot of them to be more philosophical and not actually based on the technology itself. I want to step back from the facts and talk about emotions because I've said this to Tim before. I tend not to like talking about energy uses and Bitcoin because it feels like there's so much emotion on both sides. Like it quickly devolves these discussions into people just talking back and forth. And I mean, from your stance at Earth Justice, how do you navigate that and deal with, again, very hot emotions it can turn into on both sides? It is really tough emotions. I do have to say in the realm of environmental advocate, advocacy, it's not unusual, right? Uh, I do work around building electrification, for example, and people love their gas stoves. <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of emotions at play here. Um, we try to keep things very based on the facts, you know? And when it comes to the climate crisis, there's just such an urgency there. So that's why we're looking at this. We try our best to make it clear that we're not opposed to crypto. Mm. Um, you know, I think where some of that sensitivity comes in is feeling like they're attacked, right? Like, because there are people who are very anti-crypto. Um, and I think the perception is, oh, environmentalists are saying this is not a good use of energy. And it's not really that. It's pointing out this is very energy intensive. There are ways to do it that aren't. And we need to be doing this across the board when it comes to reigning in energy com consumption, right? light fixtures. There are energy standards for light fixtures. There are energy standards for appliances. So that's the type of thing we need to look at for the cryptocurrency mining universe as well. Okay, as painful as it was. Do you have for, another selfie? I have another prop. No, it's not, you have no idea what's okay, happening. Okay, it's not a photo of me. Okay. As good. painful as it was for us to go and buy this, a single-use plastic water bottle. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I have to ask where on the spectrum something like this falls versus crypto. I mean, we're talking the entire spectrum here. Do you also like, have like a private jet? I, well, the private jet would not fit in the right, room. Right, yeah, right. I tried to get one, but nice. it was not approved. So which angle do you mean, like in terms of carbon impact, in terms of like importance and addressing? I mean, I think if we look at it like in a holistic way, right? The use of a, the, the use of a single use plastic bottle versus 
and the production that goes into it, mm -hmm. then what happens to it after it gets recycled, if it can get recycled. Mm -hmm. And that versus cryptocurrency industry in general, like which one is worse? Which one is more useful? Which one has more utility? Mm. It's hard to weigh things in that manner because both have serious impacts that we're seeking government to act on, right? So that single-use water bottle. Looks it, delicious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually has government regulations um, that ha deal with the waste impact here, right? Um, certainly not enough. We're advocating for more. Um, but for example, we're in New York. In New York, uh, that has a five cent deposit on it. Mm. So that water bottle is much more likely to become another water bottle than a water bottle in like, I don't know, I'm gonna name, maybe like Missouri. Trash some other state, Well, yeah. they don't have a deposit law, right? Like the five cent fee, the idea is like, oh, that incentivizes the consumer to recycle it, right? So we have some kind of environmental standards for that water bottle. We wanna do the same with cryptocurrency mining right now. That really doesn't exist. It's a new industry that we're looking at. So we have to play catch up. So Liz, we're going to speak to the CEO of Riot Blockchain, which of course operates in Texas. Has had a lot of issues with energy uses in general, but also with crypto mining. What would you say to him? So Texas has been dealing with a number of issues related to their grid, where there have been major power outages. Um, crypto companies have contracts to turn off um, when there's high energy demand. Um, so something I would ask is, you know, what could be done to reduce energy consumption and make sure that they're 100% powered by renewable energy off the grid to make sure there aren't strains on the grid and that consumers' utility bills don't go up because that has been happening in places across the country where you have these high energy users leading to so much energy consumption that everyday homeowners are paying more on their bills. So I'd be really curious to hear what are his thoughts on that? Like as a business hopefully looking to do good in his community, how does he want to work with regulators to address that? Is that a line of, of of messaging that you've thought about in terms of, of communicating this to the general public? Like, you know, I don't want to call it an attack ad necessarily, but couldn't, if it's indeed the case, couldn't you come out and say crypto mining is, is leading to higher energy bills for the normal everyday person? Like, is that actually happening? Yeah. So this is something that we do talk about. Um, very often we don't need to point it out when it happens to these communities, people notice. Um, so Plattsburgh, New York, ended up addressing cryptocurrency mining in their community because they had like um, uh, like shipping containers of, of crypto mining industry that came into town. They get a lot of hydro. That's what keeps energy really cheap in Plattsburgh. And what happened was energy bills started going up because the crypto mining company was using so much energy, they were kind of using the reserve of hydropower. So they were having to supplement their grid with more expensive energy, which is fossil fuels. Um, so their grid got dirtier and their bills went up mm. because they had to supplement with more energy. Uh, so it kind of triggered an outrage right away. Uh, so in some ways, we don't even need to talk about when it happens, people notice. But it is something that we do talk about with the public, that when miners are plugging directly into the grid, it can lead to utility bill hikes. Liz Moran, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, IRL. Yeah, thanks for having me, IRL.
This special audio-only episode of Crypto IRL will be right back with more from Katie Greifeld and Tim Stenovic. If you want the full video experience, head to bloomberg.com QT. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Jason, good to see you. Good to see you as well. I feel like we can't have this conversation about energy right at this moment without talking about proof of work versus proof of stake because Ethereum, that blockchain, just got a lot of press about the fact that it did switch to proof of stake. And the number we keep hearing is that that cut its energy usage by 99%. And we've asked this question in a few different ways to a few different people, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on why Bitcoin can't just switch from proof of work to proof of stake. Yeah, a couple of thoughts come to mind on that topic. You know, first, yeah, I've, I've seen the same statistic that Ethereum has reduced its energy consumption by 99% by switching to proof of stake. But the fact is, is that energy consumption is still there. You know, the, Ethereum might not be using it in the form of its consensus system, but all the GPUs out there that we're mining for Ethereum now are just going to do something else. They're going to mine another coin. They're going to be sold to gamers. They're going to be used for AI, machine learning. The, the, the price of these things didn't go to zero. So the energy consumption net net hasn't changed whatsoever. Proof of work drives security for something so important as money. Proof of stake maybe works for other applications, but Bitcoin will never change from proof of work to proof of stake. Um, if anyone wanted to make that change, the development of Bitcoin is completely open. Someone could propose that code and they could see the consensus that it reaches. I'm optimistic it won't get much support. So let's just put that on the record. Bitcoin never going to go to proof of stake. We've established that. All right. Interview interview over. Done. Done. No, not done. We're not done. So are, the, are those stats about crypto using more energy each year than the entire country of Argentina or one Bitcoin transaction, uh, the power that it takes to do one of those powering uh, more than 50, one home for 50 days, one American home for 50 days, are those stats just bunk? Transactions do not have an energy payload. Bitcoin mining is separate from transaction mm -hmm. Uh, verification processing, et cetera. In Bitcoin mining, we are simply putting work behind each new block we add to the blockchain. Within that block are new transactions, but those are verified through node software that I can use, you can use, anyone can use that it's helped driving that peer-to-peer -peer network. So it, the, the, the number of, the amount of energy that Bitcoin mining uses is not related to transactions in any ways. It's all consensus system driven. Okay, so maybe maybe somebody who would criticize what you're doing would say some you know something along the lines of, okay, we need AI. We need a traditional financial system. Uh, it's nice to be able to have gaming. Uh, those are all justifiable in the sense of energy consumption. But they might say, I don't necessarily agree with the concept of creating this alternative money. 
the idea that the world needs this. What would you say to people like that? I'd say that's an interesting take in the environment that we're in, where our wealth is inflated away entirely outside of our control. Our ability to transact with each other is controlled by third parties, whether it's businesses, governments, some collection of governments, what have you. I think a number of recent events have made the use case for Bitcoin more than ever. Money is the number one way that we communicate with each other. You know, Tim and Katie, I could say something to you, you could say something to me, but we are only truly honest with how we spend our dollars. People ultimately vote with their pocketbook. They ultimately vote with their feet. And Bitcoin enables humans globally to communicate that way in commerce and what have you without third parties controlling that. That is very important to human freedom. And that is very important to the advancement of humans globally. So it is a very important and noble use of energy uh, that Bitcoin has. It is giving freedom globally to everyone, giving the individual sovereign control over their money. Jason, I'm wondering if the bet gets harder to, to justify, though, in an environment where we're seeing the worst energy crisis that we've seen in decades. You're in California, but a lot of your operation is in Texas. I mean, what did we hear from California just recently? Don't charge your, your cars uh, because the grid can't handle it. Uh, even the Texas grid asking some Bitcoin miners to, to go offline when it got hot so that people uh, would be able to use their air conditioners and the load on the grid would be limited. Does it get harder to justify this in, in, an, in an environment like this? It actually gets easier. Uh, when you look at these energy markets, it's, it's something a lot of people don't understand necessarily is how their energy grid works. People think maybe there's energy being produced somewhere and we're just all buying it as we need it. But in a transition to more renewable generation sources, that supply of energy is very um, volatile. Wind is only wind. Wind generation is only generating wind power when the wind is blowing. Solar generation is only generating solar power when um, the, uh, the the sun is shining. So those are not necessarily always correlated to when the demand for energy is. So Bitcoin miners play a very important role by what's known as valley filling by being a constant demand for power that does not impact the peak demand because as you noted, Tim, we are shutting off when either the grid is calling on demand response or the economics are simply invoking that response itself. By, being, by valley filling and being this constant demand, we help give renewable generation sources uh, greater visibility in their financing and we help make all generation more effective and, and, and um, cost effective and efficient. We're eliminating the volatility and power demand, which makes grid stronger. So that's why, you know, um, Bitcoin miners are becoming ERCOT's most trusted demand resource. Mm. And it was even the ERCOT interim CEO himself who said uh, earlier this year that Bitcoin miners are helping ERCOT keep renewable generation operational because a lot of that power is often curtailed because there's not an off taker for it. An interesting stat for you. There was about 7.4 terawatt hours in West Texas, where a lot of wind and solar generation is, that was curtailed over 2021. There was no one to buy it, and there was no way to transmit it. So there's a lot of inefficiencies in the power markets out there when you have a lot of renewable generation that is intermittent and not always matched with demand. 
Bitcoin miners help level out that demand, keep the grid in the right frequency, and we do not impact the peak because we are participating in demand response and shutting off when demand. We were, we were talking about just the whole concept of, of this program today, and we were thinking, okay, if we're talking Texas, we're talking energy, uh, we're talking mining here and extracting, you know, some sort of resource. We thought of the uh, the TV show Dallas from the 80s. You thought of it. Yeah, I totally. Had, I had not heard of it. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you consider yourself, like if Dallas were made today, would you be the so, J.R. Ewing I'm going to have to watch of, that show. So I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Thank I view you. myself that way or not. I'm not familiar that with makes, the show. That makes two of us. Yeah. Yeah. Two. <laughs> Jason, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Thank you, Tim and Katie. energy show now? Or are we really done with the energy discussions? We are done. I can guarantee you that okay. our next show is not about energy. Okay. I'm going to show up just okay. to find out what we're going to talk about. Good. I'll be here too. Okay. Want to see these episodes of Crypto IRL in video? Check them out on Bloomberg QuickTake at Bloomberg.com slash QT or find Katie and Tim over on YouTube. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, September might have a reputation for being cruel to the Bitcoin faithful, but are they also in for a scare in October? This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Barrero. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Undam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. Have a great weekend. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.